Have you ever been reading the Bible and you come across something that just really blows your mind or just makes your jaw drop? (laughs) Well, that happened to me. Y'all, I was reading Psalms 95 and I came to the ninth verse and I've read this passage before. It's a worship passage, but this reading, these words stuck out to me. It says in the verse, uh, in verse nine, the B clause, they tried me. (laughs) I mean, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? God said, they tried me. Now y'all know about this. Y'all know about it because we use that same expression. Now this is the NIV, the New International Version. Your version might read slightly different, but this is the version I choose. And this is what stuck out to me. They tried me. That's what God said. They tried me. When we think about that, and because and we've said it too, we know that it means that someone is testing us. They're testing our patience. They're testing our intelligence. They're even testing our worth. Wait, what? What? They don't know who they talking to. They don't know who they dealing with, right? And so even God has said this. The Holy Spirit has made this known that the Israelites had tried him because they failed to believe despite what they had seen. Unfortunately, the same thing reigns true today for us. Now, I want to give you the Urban Dictionary's definition of they tried me. It is uh, testing someone's limitations in a way that deems offensive and or antagonizing. It also, you know, refers to like provoking them to some sort of hostility because of this um, testing, right? That, that's what it is. And so in this particular passage, we see that God was uh provoked to hostility by the Israelites' unbelief. They saw what God did, but they didn't believe. And so in verse 10 of 95 Psalms, he says, for 40 years, I was angry with that generation. He said, I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Whoa, y'all, we don't want this indictment on us because we keep testing God or we keep trying God um, with our unbelief. We keep you know, questioning his intelligence or his ability, his power and his authority. Well, let's go back and let's look at why the Holy Spirit is letting us know that they tried God, that they, they tried him, that they tested him. Now, the Bible tells us that they had hardened hearts. They hardened their hearts at Meribah and they hardened their hearts at Massa. Now, this has to deal with water. And God had um, provided water for the Israelites, yet whenever they reached another place where there wasn't water, they forgot about the previous time God had provided them water. Let's first look at Exodus chapter 15. In Exodus chapter 15, this is after the crossing of the Red Sea and all of that. They go to a place. This is verse number 23 in Exodus 16. They came to a place called Mara. And, you know, Mara means bitter. 
They couldn't drink the water because the water was bitter. The first thing the Israelites do is grumble against Moses and say, what are we to drink? So here they are coming to Moses, complaining about the drinking. So Moses calls out to the Lord and the Lord showed him how to handle the problem. I, you know, he took a piece of wood that the Lord showed him and put it in the water and it became sweet. Let's go over to Exodus 17. So in Exodus 17, the whole Israelite community again is setting out. They set out from the desert of sin and they went from place to place wherever the Lord was commanding them to go. That's where they went. So they ended up at this place called Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. In this particular case, there is no water. If we go back to Exodus um 15, we know that God healed that water. And not only that, he led them to a place where there were 12 springs. So they had plenty of water. They had, okay, they had all they wanted to drink and they had the food that God was giving them. Well, when it was time for them to migrate again, to move about, they come to a place now where there is no water. So, you know, this is God testing them. I really do believe on their faith on whether or not they can trust that God is going to provide when they can't see the provision right away. Well, let's get there. So they're at this place called Rephidim and they begin to quarrel with Moses because there is no water. Again, they say to Moses, like they did in chapter um, 16, give us I mean, 15, give us water to drink. And so Moses says, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? Come on, y'all. Why are you putting the Lord to the test? That's what Moses said. He says, why do you keep doing that? And um, so the people, though, were thirsty for water there and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why do you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Again, these people have short-term memory, right? They forgot that God provided them water. But when they got to a place of plenty, you know, they got comfortable. They had all the water they wanted and needed. And now they're in a place where they don't have any water and they have developed amnesia. They have forgotten that God provided them water when it was bitter. And they provide God provided them water uh, in abundance. Now they're in a place where they don't have water. And the first thought, instead of praying and asking, asking God for the provision, they complain. Okay. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what we do. We do the same thing. We get to a place of insufficiency. And the first thing we want to do is complain and grumble instead of praying. But get this, they said, you are testing. Moses said, you are putting the Lord to the test. The Lord puts it this way. You trying me, you trying me. So Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. So the Lord answered Moses. This is in Exodus chapter 17. 
He told him what to do. He told him to go ahead of the people. He says, take uh, some of the elders of Israel with you. Take that staff in your hand that you use to strike the Nile. And he says, go. And he says, I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Now he tells him, he says, strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did all of this in the sight of the elders. And this thing happened. God gave the people water. Now Moses called that place Massa, which means testing, and Meribah, which means quarreling, because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? You know, that's what they were saying. This is the testing of God. God is like, you got to be kidding me. What? Am I with you? Yes, I'm with you. I'm the one guiding you. I'm the one providing you. I'm the one helping you. I'm the one protecting you. What do you mean? <laughs> okay. So they tried me. That's what God said. They tried me. So they got the water. Y'all remember that? That is a uh, very... Um, well-known passage in the Bible. But look, that wasn't the only time that the Israelites came to a place where there was no water. Let's go on over here to Numbers chapter 20. And we go to Numbers chapter 20. And what we see is that the Israelites have arrived at the desert of Zin. And they stayed at Kadesh. Miriam, this is Moses' sister, she died and was buried. Now look, verse number two. There was no water for the community and the people, people gathered in opposition to Moses. That's what the word says. And Aaron. Now Aaron was Moses' brother. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this desert that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Y'all, y'all... Did y'all hear that? Here again, they are complaining against Moses. They're complaining against Moses, but ultimately they are coming against God. Look at this. When the people say all of this, they said there is no water to drink, right? Moses and Aaron don't say anything to them. As a matter of fact, they leave their presence and they go to the entrance to the tent of meeting and they fell face down. Moses and Aaron have taken the posture of prayer. Now we got to recall that Moses is an intercessor. Moses often interceded for the children of Israel because they were notorious for complaining, wanting to go back to their place of bondage because in their mind, that was more comfortable than being in the wilderness, even though they had everything they needed and God was providing for, for them along the way and protecting them. So Moses, is, and Moses and Aaron are in this position of 
of prayer. And I believe they are calling out to God for help and maybe even interceding for this people that God would not destroy them. Well, God shows up, his glory shows up and it appears to Moses and he tells Moses to take his staff, you and your brother Aaron gathered the assembly together. Then he tells him, unlike the previous time when there was no water, he told him to strike the first time, but this time he tells him to speak. Look how God has handled the water in Israel. He told him to throw something into it. Then he told him to hit a rock. And now he's telling him to speak to a rock. Hey, we know Jesus to be the rock, but that's not this message. He says, speak to the rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. He says, you will bring water out of the rock for the community so that they and their livestock can drink. Now, y'all know the rest of the story. The rest of the story is Moses was completely done with the Israelites. They had... They had pushed him past his, his threshold, okay? So he let the words out of his mouth. He called the people rebels. God didn't tell him not once to speak to the people. He just told him to speak to the rock. And that's what we got to take as a lesson also in our lives, that when there's agonizing pain or trouble or trauma, difficulties, confusion, that we need to speak to the rock. We need to speak to the Lord. We need to speak to Jesus and don't speak to the people because when we do, we will say the wrong thing. They can't handle it. God can handle whatever you say to him. To him, okay. But anyway, that's what Moses did. All right. So we we know that that's what happened. Now this was the second time that they had come to this place where there was no water for them to drink. You would think that they would have remembered that, oh, we've been here before. We've been at this place before. We've been to a place where we didn't have water. And, you know, God brought us water through a rock. And so we're here now, you know, let's, hey, let's pray. Let's tell God that we need some water and, and God will give it to us. No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. What happened was they doubted God and they tested him and they tried him. If we remember Exodus 17, where Moses said that the children of Israel, the reason why the place was called what it was called, um, was because they kept saying, is the Lord among us or not? Is he even here? You know, like that's what we do. Is God even really here? Does God even really hear us? Is God even answering us? Yes, he hears us. Yes, okay. God hears us. God answers us. But we got to trust him. Now, God said, they tried me. This is back to Psalms 95. Though they had seen what I did. God said, even though they were witness to the miracles and uh, the provisions that I provided for them, they still tried me. They still tested me. That's what God said, y'all. That's what he said. He said, they are still um, questioning my patience and my intelligence and my presence. And God deemed this to be off. Offensive, y'all. He got angry with them. 
He got angry with them. He said their hearts are not settled. Their hearts are not firm. Their hearts go astray. Their hearts waver. They go back and forth, even though they are witness to me and my ways, but yet they refuse to know them. God said, I'm not going to bring you this far and leave you. I'm not going to bring you this far and let you die of thirst or hunger. Have you not seen what I've done for you? Hmm. That's what he said. They resisted and they refused to trust God, even though God was proving himself and his ability over and over again with them. He does the same thing, guys, with us. Y'all, he does the same thing. He cares for us daily and he proves himself daily. He shows us daily how he is going to help us, how he helps us, right? Now, listen, when we put our confidence in God, when we put trust in him, there is a peace. There is an assurance um, that you have a calmness in relying upon him, especially when you've seen him work before. Now, look, there was a time you didn't know how the bill was going to get paid but it got paid. God made provision. There was another time that um, you needed money and you didn't know how you were going to get it, but God provided. And see, those are building stones or building blocks upon our faith. If God did it once, y'all, he can and will do it again. He is willing to do it again. He is able to do it again. See, the trick with God, though, is he doesn't necessarily have to do it the same way he did it the first time. <laughs> Remember, the first time there wasn't any water, he told Moses to strike the rock. But the second time there was no water, he told him to speak to the rock. Listen, God has many ways of getting us the resources that we need, the help that we need, right? We just got to trust that he would do it and stop trying him in unbelief. See, when we hold on to unbelief, we don't have this settledness in our spirit. Instead, we are unsettled. We are uneasy. We are frustrated. We become doubtful and even irritated, right? Our hearts vacillate back and forth. God is saying, look, don't try me. <laughs> don't try me, especially when you have witnessed what I have done. Instead, believe me. Instead, trust me. Know that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Know that I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth, y'all. That's what we want to do. We don't want to be those labeled as the ones that tried God. And this is not in a good way. Oh, yes, you can ask God questions, right? You can try God in the sense of testing what he has said to see if it will come to pass, but not trying him in the sense that he's insufficient or unable, or he has some inability that he is deaf and can't hear, that he took a break and he's not with us. God said, I'm going to be with you always. That's a reassuring promise for the people who trust and believe in him. 
Look, I know there will be times in our lives that we have some doubt, some unbelief, some overwhelming circumstance that may cause us to waver in our faith. But we can do what the man did who took his son to Jesus. Jesus, you know, told this man, if you can believe all things are possible for you or for the one who believes. And the man said, I do believe, just help my unbelief. Yes, there are times we're going to struggle, but that does not mean we need to complain and grumble against God. We don't need to question whether or, or try him um, and, and whether he is present or whether he hears. What we need to do is challenge ourselves to remain in faith because we don't want that to be our indictment, y'all. We don't want that to be us where God has been angry with us for a long time because we continuously try him. Wait a minute, y'all. God said they tried me, <laughs> but it does not benefit you to try God. It benefits you to trust God. Today, Father, for those who may hear this message, I pray that they will hear it in alignment with your spirit that they will develop a trust of you, that they will go back and recall, Lord, how you have protected and provided for them, that you, how you have made ways for them. Father, that you have heard and answered their prayers, that when they enter another moment of difficulty, of lack, of uncertainty, that they will build upon what you have already done, knowing that you are well able and willing to supply whatever it is that they are needing. I thank you, Father, for hearing and answering. All right, y'all, this has been your Daily Dose. I really hope that you will go back and read these passages, Exodus 17, Exodus um, 15, Numbers 20, Psalms 95, you can even read Mark 9 to see, you know, just how God is merciful. Y'all, even when uh, Moses disobeyed God's command in, November, in uh, Numbers 20 to speak to the rock, look at God's mercy towards the people. Even though Moses didn't do completely what God told him, even though the people were grumbling and complaining and testing and trying God, God's mercy prevailed. He still gave them water, all right? Them water to drink and gave it to him in sufficient supply. Y'all, we can trust God. Trust him, all right? This has been your Daily Dose. Be blessed.